Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pack your playlist, start your sleep timers for 60 minutes or less. Make sure you're subscribed to the show because it's time for the podcaster that puts the baby bump in pregnant pauses. Thank you, Wendy. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. And one product I think goes great with the podcast is the Philips Wake Up Light. It's uh, if you want to wake up gently uh, to a simulated sunrise. You know, or be put to sleep as you go to sleep at you and have your bedside light slowly dim. Uh, by the way, right now, the Philips wake-up light is the only one scientifically proven to work uh, by scientists. And Philips has done a, a funded a bunch of studies on this. Clinical research, independent science facilities. And it's proven, among other things, that not only does the Philips wake-up light wake you up more naturally... But, you know, when you wake up more naturally, you have more energy and a better mood. Uh, so if you want if you want to purchase a Philips Wake Up Late, you could use our Amazon affiliate link. We'll get a small commission. So just go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash wakeuplate in the U.S. Uh, Mystery Bart's got a song on this, though. Wake life, it's a great life. It'll wake you up real slow. Wake life at night. Drift asleep, you'll go. W A K E L I G H T. So yeah, if you want to wake up more naturally, check out the Phillips Wake Up Light. Sleep with me podcast dot com slash wake light. And if you're in uh, the UK or Canada, just use our Amazon affiliate links at uh, sleep with me podcast dot com slash Amazon C A. Or Amazon UK, one word. Uh, also, tonight is Sunday, and I don't know how many people know, we have a, a, a separate podcast just for Game of Thrones fans called Game of Drones. It, you know, the, the main episodes are a part of this show, so when Game of Thrones premieres, you know, our Sunday night shows uh, a week after the premiere will be dedicated to Game of Thrones. But I know some of you like to listen to the podcast all night. I'd strongly encourage you to go over to iTunes or whatever your podcatcher is and subscribe to the Game of Thrones only feed, which I made for just Game of Thrones super fans. Uh, because it's, leading up to the premiere, I'm going to do mega episodes. We're talking 10 12 hours of Game of Thrones rambling. Each season will have its own mega episode. Uh, so you could just play that all night long. It'll just be the uh, episode and the facts portion of the show. Uh, so if you love Game of Thrones or you love super long episodes or you love old stuff from this podcast, it'll all be there. Just search, search in iTunes uh, for Game of Drones, D-R-O-N-E-S, or whatever podcatcher you use. And make sure you subscribe to that. And, and then, uh, but but the, the main Game of Thrones episodes will still be in this main podcast. But just a bonus, if, if those of you looking for the supersized style episodes, and it's the only place you can get them, you got to subscribe over there in Game of Drones. All right, let's uh, keep this show moving. What do you say? Uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to do is uh, create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's been keeping you up at night. I'm going to carve it out. I'm going to pad it out. 
And I'm going to try to take your mind to distract you from whatever it is that's been keeping you up, whether it's uh, something going on with your body, your neighbors, something you've been thinking about, or something you've emotionally been dealing with, or any other of the endless things that can keep you up at night. I'm going to try to distract you by that. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. It's going to come along with my intention to try to put you to sleep or at least take your mind off of stuff. I'm going to use lulling, soothing tones, pointless meanders. Uh, Ben's, you know, probably some proverbs or proverbial-like stuff. Like Ben's in the river. The old Ben in the river. That makes me want to sing. I know a song, Nick, about Ben's in the river. What about Ben? Is there any, what are those things called, you know, like if you had a bunch of Ben's in a river, you know, B-E-N-S, in a river, and a ben, you know, Ben's in a river. You say, oh, I love that song, Ben's in a river. No, 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 Ben's, B-E-N-S. Uh, that, you know, sometimes I talk about James Serber, how much I love it. I bet you he has a short story called Ben's in a river. And if he doesn't, he's probably writing it right now, where, you know, up there, wherever he's at, you know, saying, hmm, I remember a story, you know. What's that river called? Cuyahoga River. It would have happened there. I think he lived in Cleveland for a time or Ohio. And he said it was, the, you know, it was the Big Ben Convention. And they said to be, oh, for people that love Big Ben. He said, no, no, no. He said it was a long story. Then he would kind of go. Now he, his stories were written and rewritten in the result of uh, taking stuff out, not expository stuff, exploratory Explosator, explosive. No, that sounds too much like something with the stomach. Because uh, I have, you know, both expository and exposit, exp, what do you call it? Exposition. Uh, expository dialogue. That's what I have and discussion. So what I'm going to do is take some tangents. If you're new here, welcome. Spycast a bit strange. It's a bit different. Uh, as opposed to like a guided meditation or. Uh, you know, an engaging podcast or an audio book or just rain noises and stuff. I, I'm going to kind of ramble. Uh, first, I'm going to get through this uh, introduction and try to make you feel welcome, give you a basic idea of what I'm like, because then you can say, well, this isn't for me. Or what is this thing? Maybe I'll give it a couple tries. So a lot of people that listen to the show now say, yeah, it takes a few times because uh, Scoots is a different character. Uh, and that's me, by the way. Welcome. I, I don't always introduce myself. My, I go by Dear Scoot around here to these parts where, the you know, this is here right on my front, right on my, well, it's my backyard is where the bend in the river was, where all the bends got caught. You, you know, the big, that, uh, that was a lost short story, uh, you know, that I'm keeping down in the basement by James Serber. Old Jimmy Serber wrote about it. Oh, I got his bag first, banging on my door. Hold on, yes. Oh, they, he doesn't go by Jimmy, I guess. Well, and, and, you know, that you know about. Oh, also, he's never written a story called Ben's in a River. Uh, and I'm not authorized to make any fan fiction. Unauthorized. Uh, oh, boy. So this, so, this, uh, so this is a podcast to take your mind off. So if I'm a little bit silly... Uh, what I'm going to do here, coming up, I'm going to talk about the uh, TV show uh, Breaking Bad and its Colombian 
uh, remake, uh, which I call Metastas News. It's a shot for shot remake. Uh, so after the intro, I'll talk. Uh, I, I go through and I watch Metastas News twice. Breaking Bad once. I take a ton of notes. I sanitize it down for you. Get it ready for bedtime. I really concentrate on, you know, unnecessary details. I get way, just like going on here, you're witnessing it firsthand, but I'll be doing that with the show. Uh, the first segment will be kind of a bedtime story based on, you know, from the Colombian version. I don't speak Spanish. I'm trying to learn it. So I'll write down a bunch of Spanish words. Then I'll look them up. And then I use that to tell a bedtime story. And if you're a stickler for Spanish or, or English, actually, by the way, uh, it's by Cassie. You just, just, it's okay. You don't, you don't, uh, I'm not trying to insult anybody. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit, and you can email me tomorrow and say, hey, Scoots, you don't, you know, that's not how you, did you say something about sus, susposition? No, ex, exposition, I called it, I think. It's expl, explosive. Well, I don't have anything. I guess I do have a bit of explosive exposition. And I forgot what the other word was that it was kind of like exposition but anyway thanks for thanks for bringing that to my attention uh so you're under no pressure to take me seriously you're under no pressure to listen or expectation this podcast is meant to distract you to meander the reason i say take send my voice across the deep dark night is i'm going to try to escort you across that strange threshold between wake and sleep that you kind of just have to stumble into anyway uh, so the idea is instead of thinking about all this stuff going through your head, you just kind of kick back and you listen to me. Maybe I put a smile on your face. Maybe I don't. Uh, but I'll, I'll be here. Uh, and you say, well, geez, I could listen. It's a, hey, what was he even talking about? Oh, Ben's in a river. How many Ben's could you get in a river? And anyway, he never finished up about that Big Ben convention. Uh, so maybe he'll talk about it. Maybe he'll make another story about that one day. Uh, but, but, you know, that'll be it, you know. Or I could just say, well, geez, it was just said. It was a Ben, it was the Big Ben convention. It was for all Bens over the average height in those days, which was 5'8". They had a big convention, all the Bens. It was sponsored by different corporations that used Ben in their title. And I think there was something, you know, maybe mildly nefarious about it. Because uh, I think there was this new product about getting Ben's drunk, like ben, Big Ben Lick or something. So all the Ben's got drunk and they jumped in the river. Ended up there were so many of them, they got caught in this strange, they were floating. And then they all, it's just a strange thing where they all got caught. And they called that the Ben's in the River incident. Uh, so usually the story would be slightly more entertaining than that because that was a pretty lame conclusion. I mean, I don't know what was lame or the setup. I mean, it's interesting. It's just nice to say Ben's in a river because then you think Ben's in a river. But you see, I can picture about 30, 40 Ben's, different Ben's, you know, across the spectrum. You know, even a couple women, they said, well, I was named Ben. What do you want from me? And they're all in the river there. And it's the kind of bed, you know, soothing, uh, dreamlike thoughts I'll try to coalesce with. Uh, but the main message is no, no expectation. You listen. 
uh, drift off whenever you feel like it. Now, if you can't fall asleep, I'll be here. Believe it or not, I'll be giving it my all for the next 50 minutes. Uh, so if you can't sleep, I'll be here as your kind of uh, boar friend, I call it, your, your nighttime companion, your, your goofball, you know, on-demand goofball. I never called it that before, but that's kind of what I do. Uh, in the same way, just take your mind off stuff. The stories will be, uh, I mean, for me, they're top-level entertainment, but, you know, you're not going to miss anything if you fall asleep. But if you can't sleep, you say, hey, it's just, this, isn't, this isn't half bad. It's kind of like a bird call. It makes about as much sense as a bird call. But you, when you're listening to birds, you say, geez, I don't, I don't understand what the heck they're singing about. Oh, also, any scientists or ornithologists out there, this is a question I would think I should call into an actual science podcast, but how do birds get their call so loud? I was listening to a couple a couple of days ago, and it was way at the top of this poll. And I said, man, that is like, you know, now that I record podcasts, I got some awareness of amplification. I said, man, that is really, that bird's getting a lot of gain out of its, like, with its diaphragm or whatever. So that's it. Uh, this is a podcast to put you to sleep, to take your mind off of stuff or to keep you company. Uh, I'm glad you're here. If there's your first few times here, I hope I hope I'll be a fall asleep. It doesn't work for everybody, as I said. Uh, give it a few tries. I hope it helps you. I'm glad you're here. And thanks for stopping by. All right, housekeeping. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Older episodes are there. You can comment on our website. You can uh, email me, feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. You can get me on Twitter at Dear Scooter or on Facebook at Sleep With Me Podcast. Uh, we're trying to keep the show at 12 episodes a month, and we're going to need a we need about three to 4,000 supporters over at Patreon to do that, I think, uh, especially if we're trying to get the majority support at a dollar or $2 a month. So if you can support the show and you want to keep it at 12 episodes a month, go to sleepinmepodcast.com slash patron uh, and sign up there. And really, if you're listening and you're not sure, just sign up at a dollar or $2 a month if you get value out of the show, and that'll keep the show going. Uh, so that's it. I want to thank everyone that's, uh, supporting the show, uh, however they're doing. So some people are doing it through different ways, but, uh, uh, that's just a way I'm trying to drum up support for. I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson who edits some of our shows, does our theme music. He's got a podcast, sounds like an earful. I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer on our, on our, on our artwork. I want to thank Jonathan Mann on our lullabies. We have a Facebook group for listeners to just kind of chit-chat and hang out and get to know each other, talk about sleep stuff, talk about life, philosophy, you know, but nothing, you know, we keep, you know, we keep it. I tell you what, I, I, every once in a while I go on another Facebook group and they're depressing places, most of them. This Facebook group is not. And you know why it's not? Because we've got these lovely moderators over there. Uh, Alexandra, Laura, Lie to Lie, Julie C, Jennifer B, Rachel L to the G. Uh, so I want to thank all of them. We also have a subreddit, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash reddit. And that's moderated by Latitude. I want to thank Latitude over there. And I think that's it. Let's get on to the show. Uh, you know, it was, it was thinking about, uh, this story, I don't know what everybody else likes for breakfast. Like when you, because there's Franco, 
you know, French, uh, what's upon, you know, from, from French bread. I don't know, it's called French toast. I like French toast. That's, I guess that was my point. Usually it's like a night, I say, when I go out to breakfast, that's what I'll go for. Sometimes I'll get pancakes, you know, because they're filling occasionally a waffle. But very rarely I'll go into the savory turf. You know, but you see, usually they have en, en pas, you know, usually I'll leave it alone, the, the sausage and the eggs. Because, you know, it's a weekend, I, I, I say, uh, Le Bantar, let me lift myself up with some sugar, some sweets for breakfast. You know, no reason to call in a, se- a section of Congresso, no reason to call a session of Congress. You know, Aver, Aver, let's see what I'll have for breakfast. So let's go to this place. Would you like to join me? Is this new place called uh, Gigante Huidas, uh, the giant you care, uh, brunch spot. Que se divartan. That didn't go, I spelled that wrong. Uh, here, they're handing out the cositas. Those are the thingies, the menus, I think. Uh, let's see, uh, Alguna, are there any, any open seats? You see any open seats? Wow, this place is uh, it's not hopping. It's uh, relajado rail, and tranquilo, relaxed and quiet. You know, I guess that's a distinto, different. You know, let's just chill out and have some brunch here. It'll be no acción de aventura, you know, action adventure. Uh, because of the last brunch I had, La Bez Pasada, last time I had brunch with a giant, it was a real giant. And it was, uh, uh, it was like a Miramos. We were looking uh, down. Well, actually, we had brunch at the top of mountain after an adventure, action adventure. And when I first met the giant, I said, hi, golly, I don't want to make trouble. Uh, poor K no intro because I do not go for trouble. Well, I do always. And then I said, what are you up to, giant? And he said, veamos uh, a bear, let's see. And I said, let's see what? And he said, fue de la casa, it was of the house. And I said, I have no idea what you mean. He goes, hey, let's go to Otralado. Let's go to the other side of this house. And it was this giant house. Uh, it was a house of huevos, a house of eggs. It, it was a brunch spot for giants instead of a brunch spot named after giants. And we went in there, and there was a, a giant band, Ugando, playing music, Gigando. And there was even a reporter there, reporter, reporting from the brunch because they think it was opening day. And then I said, well, what do giants have for, for breakfast? And he said, well, we have an uh, un arroz azul NPL blanca. And I said, blue rice with white skin? And he said, yeah. And I said, that sounds weird, man. And he said, I said, well, what do I order? And he said, Sumanda, if you send your order, you send it, you know, just think your order. And I said, but I can't even picture blue rice with white skin. And he said, como tarde da uno. He goes, you're going to be late if you don't give an order or give one soon. 
And I said, uh, yeah, boy, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Banyo, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Uh, so, Demi Roger, give me time. You go ahead and order because you probably have a giant appetite since you're a giant. And after you eat brunch, uh, tell me what you think. Dave, give me your opinions about your brunch. Uh, and then may, uh, Parcero Tambien, you know, partner, I'll also have brunch, maybe, probably not so. But then I went into the bathroom. It was a bathroom for giants. So just imagine that. It was a men's room. They still had a men's and women's room, so they weren't into the unit rooms, uh, which meant that the, the places where you go pee were at my chin level. So I said, oh, boy. Then I looked at the toilet. I would have had to jump up there. And then some giants saw me in there, and they were having a laugh. Tu vimos sencillo. They said, we see you with your simple way of trying to... And he said, well, how the heck am I going to go to the bathroom in here? Uh, and then I said, what the heck am I going to do? And, I, and then I said, hey, you know, again, oh, boy, this is... Uh, I won't name the, the nephew of mine that this happened to, but this was before I had a child. And this is what the Giants did for me. It was the first time I had to take a kid I was related to to the bathroom. He was a boy. And I was in a theme park with him, and his parents had gone somewhere. And I could tell he started doing this thing where he has to go to the bathroom. And I said, hey, you got to go to the bathroom? He goes, yeah. And this is when I didn't, you know, I wasn't a parent, so I said, oh, boy. And I said, uh, okay, let's go. And I said, "What well, how does this work? Uh, was he, and then he, he looked at the urinal and he said, no, no, no. So we went into a stall. And then he's, he's standing and I said, well, geez, how does this work? Because I don't know how old he was, five maybe, maybe four, maybe old enough to pee. And I, this is, this is going to sound funny, but he said, okay. He goes, you got to lift me up. And I said, like, lift you up and then you sit on there? And he goes, no. And this is where it got weird. And I said, lift you up. And then I told, it was like a little bit like a Marx Brothers movie. And he says, you know, I was like moving around him, like, lift you, lift you how? And he said, lift me up and put me on. So I said, yeah, like, and then I was holding him, like, I, I still didn't get it, you know. Okay, like, and he goes, no, no, no. And then he had me lift him up and he put his knees and his hands on the uh, toilet seat. Like, and, and then he peed it straight into the hole. Like, so he was on all fours and then, you know, his thing. And he peed right in the toilet. My mind was blown, still blown. Till, and then, you know, I took him out and we washed our hands. And I said, oh, boy, who do I talk to about this? What is the uh, mandatory? He said, that's weird. And I'm a weird person, you know, but I said, well, that's never seen that before. Never heard of it before. So then I think I pulled aside. I said, hey, you ever take that kid to the bathroom? And they said, your nephew. He's not, and I said, yeah, but this is a podcast. I don't want to name him. And they said, yeah. And they said, did you, did he, did he do this when you, did you? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay. So, and then I said, you, you know, and then I kind of gave it to me. I said, yeah, what's going on with that uh, toilet style? But then I started thinking about him, like, it makes perfect sense. And at least we know he's not a germaphobe, you know, so that's good. 
so to go back to the giant bathroom, I said, uh, hey, can one of you guys lift me up and put me on the toilet? And then they, they went, went through that thing. And I said, SL Tipo de Carl, like, kind of pretend I'm a car and you're putting me on the toilet, like, my hands, my knees are the wheels. And then they got that. And then I tried to go. And then they said, Elmente yo lo busco. Do you mind not looking at me while I go? Uh, so, John BNK. So that's well how that went in the bathroom. Uh, but then suddenly my friend came in, this giant who I just met and decided to go to brunch with out of the blue. And he said, Maximo. And I said, Maximum what? And he said, Dose. And he said, Maximum to what? And he said, brunch. And I said, well, you seem desperate. And he said, I am. He goes, because I don't have any money to cover two brunches. I don't even have any money to cover one. And I said, I don't know if we should do any giant dining and dashing. And he said, no, 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 we just have to eat. He goes, if we can't eat our brunches. Uh, and he said, sitio es tan grande para el campo. You know, the site of this brunch is like is so big for the field. Genial indispuesto fatal. You know, he goes, this is great. He says, what indispuesto? He said, don't worry about it. And I said, well, what did you give me for brunch? He said, banales. I said, honeycombs? And he said, yeah. And I said, I'm about to romp air vistazo, break out of this bathroom and eat me some honeycomb cereal. And so I washed my hands. And we just ate the brunch like we never... uh, well, first, uh, there was like this pre-brunch parade. I said, this is, it was all giants. I didn't know. I couldn't tell the giants age ranges, you know. Uh, but after we came out, they said, it's time for the brunch parade. Bayan todos partes, a go everywhere parade. And we would march through the restaurant pretending we were going everywhere. Uh, then we, they had this thing called uh, Cape Welvan Lovada Especial Toma Este. Uh, the special washed again, take this, which was like a wa- hand-washing ceremony. He said, I already washed my hands, but then they said, take this and wash your hands again. Uh, then they had these singing bunnies that, that were Estes Muy Linda. They were very cute bunnies. Uh, then they elected a... a uh, the king and a queen of the brunch. Uh, and they said, Listo Sucaro, ready the chariot. And the king and the queen, we didn't win, neither one of us. Which I was like, I didn't think it was grosser. I didn't think it was rude, you know. And my buddy, he was sad, but I said, Buscarte, they just don't get you, you know. Uh, so they got to ride around in a brunch chariot. And my buddy was still sad. I said, you are the most wonderful Impressa brunch company. Uh, Medita, Medita, measure for measure. This is the top brunch. You know, ooh, these honeycombs are good. And I'm going to eat them all. You know, Bea, see, see, you know, ahi, ahi, look, 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 you know, I'm eating all my brunch. I'll eat some of yours. E. Alfin K. And finally, that was that, you know. Because uh, once you've eaten about 5,000 pounds of honeycombs, cuando uh, deshacer, you know, you can't undo that. 
And, you know, there's nothing like a, a Quebron, you know, breaking breakfast bread with giants. I didn't have time to analyze or analyze what they were, what was actually the blue rice thing. Uh, then they asked me to make a speech, and so I cracked a couple of jokes. I don't even remember. You know, oh, no, they started making jokes about me in the bathroom. I forgot. Oh, yeah. Which repuesta esta vez espera. You know, that was the expected response anyway. And I said, ingreso sobre eso. Can I earn some income on those jokes? You know, because. And then I said, well, I'll probably have to pay my nephew because I was just copia copying him. Uh, but I said, Tomese, take it as a lesson, you know, take it as a lesson that, uh, you know, that's what happens when you use the, uh, you don't have a human-sized toilet in here. You know, Yegar Tantardi, I wouldn't have been so late for this brunch if I, if you had a toilet for humans. And somebody said, wow, wow, you know. And I said, yeah, I'm culpable, I'm guilty of being, uh, but I said, when I took, you know, my little nephew to the bathroom, Mandaba, he commanded. He said, lift me up and put me on there. And I said, I guess that's the Las Leyes, uh, the laws of being an uncle. It was bruto tolerante. It might have been gross, but I had to be tolerant, you know. Uh, nada and rojo contracto. Nothing in a red contract. I won't sign any contracts of... Uh, taking kids, and I don't want any titulos, any titles for doing that. It was just an uncle's job. Uh, Nando and not take cashier, you know. I'm just like a, only a cashier of, uh, you know, Leos, uh, taxes, impuestos, taxes, Leos. You know, yo tengo no peso. I have no weight. And I, and then they sent me the bill, and I said, uh, holy cow, hippotecata. If I had something to mortgage, I'd have to do it. And then I said, you know, I can't pay this bill. And I, I looked, and I, during the giant speech-making and joke-making and making fun of me, he split. So, Adelante, no le gusta la cochina. To fa fast-forward to, you know, I didn't like it, but I had to work in the kitchen helping them alimentos, prepare foods, a lot of esperar waiting, you know, because we're making blue rice, which takes like four hours to make. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to brag, but Lisa says so slat on me. I sense the giants that were working in the kitchen that were on my side. Uh, you know, my, you know, lot of mio. And that was Hase Una Mace one month ago. But let me tell you here, this is another way to make money for the podcast. Su Plan Maestro. It's a master plan. I'm selling franchises for a giant buffet. Uh, you know, but it seemed one. Not for giants, because, you know, they're not around, really. And if you get your deposit in now, Aviter Una Guerra, you can avoid the rush, the, you know, the war to get it, you know, Piece of this big money. Oh, holla, puerta veneer. I hope you can come down and put a deposit on the giant buffet. What do we call them? What are they called again? Like Gus has those players, hermanos. What are those called? Franchises. So that's what I'm offering. Uh, you know, desbaratar. Don't try to thwart my business, you know. 
Rainier, you know, I'll meet you, you know, if you want to come down. And you might say, no, no, Lobio, I don't see it. I don't see a giant buffet. I said, well, you should see. We'll have the chariot ride and the thing. It'll be the bet you see. You know, some people go to brunch and they try to figure out what happened on Noche last night. And you might say, well, you see? I say, come on down. Let's put a deposit on the uh, giant buffet who wants the franchise. And you might say, well, no two veil memento. I don't have time right now. And I say, you won't believe the, how low the overhead is because the whole brunch, you know, comes from this uh, una ola de sopa, one soup pot of blue rice. So low far, forma de lo josero, how are you, how you going to lose money with that, you know? So that's my little bread brunch, giant brunch story, all right? All right, so we're talking uh, episode 42, Matassas News. Opens with Wallace that broke his glasses, which kind of sucks. And I don't know if he had, like, he broke it. So I said, well, I don't know if he has one of those kits. Then the episode opens, and Walt's driving up to Henry's house, and uh, they have a big gate at the house. They never noticed their house was gated in, and, like, with a buzzer and everything. And it seems like it's guy's day. I put boy's day. And because Henry comes out, he's got his, uh, oh, he has one of his real nice shirts on, another one, his uh, blue and maroon shirt. And Maria's there, and she's kind of giving the guys a hard time. She's got a purple sweater on. And their relationship is definitely having a renaissance because they are so loving and fun in this scene, uh, which is important because, you know, they've been through a lot, and it kind of shows... Uh, you know, reawakening with Henry, I guess. And I don't know what else it sets up, but they're kind of giving each other a hard time. Then Henry and walking down the road. Henry's making the sound effects from the movie. Do-do-do-do, uh, I think. And he's even making noises. Then they pull up to Pollo Sermanos. Uh, the bald Killian Murphy character is there. Or a Billy Corrigan, young Billy Corrigan. Definitely looks like Killian Murphy with his shaved head. And well, it goes over some lies with Henry Hagale, Listo Hagale. And Killian's watching the whole time. And also the chicken dance. Now, last time I forgot to put this in my notes, but I still remember from last episode. When they're at Polos Hermanos, the chicken was dancing. Now, obviously, if you're dancing in a chicken suit, you don't have full v v vision. And I think this was an accident. At one, time, at one point, the chicken bent over and started dancing like this uh, backward shuffling dance and ran into a customer, uh, which I got a kick out. But that was the last episode. I didn't write it down. Never forgot it, though. That's the kind of thing that would happen to me in a chicken suit. Uh, Walt grabs a bug off of, uh, they left on, uh, uh, Gustavo's car. And then Henry's quit a critical Walt style because he didn't go to the restaurant and order, but they roll out. And then we go to Henry's, he loads the bug information on the car. And he's like, this dude only goes to work and home all week long. And then Walt says something like, oh, he's a simple man who works a lot. Uh, then we see Killian, the uh, same Killian's outside of, uh, 
or Killian, I think, is outside of Henry's house. And Walt's leaving. He drives up to him and he says, hey, there's this guy. Calls the paparazzi. He says, Killian Murphy shaved his head. He's sitting in a car here. And they say, oh, boy, we got to get over there. We got to ask him some questions. You know, so they head over there. And I think that, you know, prior to they say, what's the work working like with Danny Boyle so many times? You guys like each other, huh? Uh, but the guy doesn't say anything uh, while Walt's calling the paparazzi. He gives Walt like a bug-like look, like Walt's a bug and he's, you know, not a bug. Uh, then we're at the lab. Jose's chilling out front. Walt asks him for a cigarette. And then he coughs a ton, which kind of seemed to, The next scene is, it must be later in the day. Walt's in bed. He's drinking a beer. He's fully dressed. It didn't see if he had shoes on or not. Are there even shoes, question mark? Uh, Ciel's on the phone from her office. She had a nice smiley pen cup on her desk, you know, a smiley cup for pens on her desk. And she has her coat on at her desk. So I said, maybe it's cold in the office. And she seems to be asking some probing questions to Walt. I couldn't get, uh, like, she's getting close. I said, is she trying to get, like, she was definitely probing or testing. Uh, she even picks up her pen at some point, uh, you know, for, like, self-soothing or something. And then she says, okay, ciao. And whatever was said had an impact on Walt because he put his head back against his bed headboard. The only time I've very rarely seen a headboard be used as a headboard, but that was the case there. And then what have I done? I don't know. I guess maybe Walt said that. Or maybe just, I guess that was a look on his face. Then it's 6 a.m. the next morning, Walt's bedside. He's got a half a glass of water. His phone rings. Walt fumbles for the phone. It's Henry who's wide awake. And he's like, I'm hard at work on a case, Walt. I found a crack in the case. And he says something about ghosts, Gus, and Los Polios cover. And now he's wearing his red and blue uh, circle shirt. He talks about a lab and a chicken farm or something, so he's on to it. He's like, uh, he said, let's go grab some beers and check it out. Like, Henry's got a plan, but it needs Walt. Walt reaches for a cell. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, he calls Mario, and he's like, don't hang up on me. We got a problem. And then Walt says the problem, and then Mario hangs up on him. And then we see Mario and Jose. They're cleaning up the chicken. They're getting rid of the mess. Cielo's also at work. She's talking. So first I thought she was talking to herself. And I didn't know if it was comic relief or explicit. And I said, oh, no, it's a fake. She's pretending to talk to fake customers. Uh, then Siuba, her old boss, rolls up. He says, hola, muy lindo, which you think means you're looking pretty. And he's blocking the cash register for customers, which is totally classless and like him. And at first I was like, is he trying to get a date? And it's like, oh, no, it's an audit. Uh, this week there's an audit. Oh, boy. So Cielo freaks. And it's like, dude, this is a huge problem. He's like, no, no, no. Maybe for me it is. And she's totally shocked. She has to put her hand to her face. She's so shocked. 
Uh, then we're still at the lab or the laundry. Mario and Jose are still working. Now they're solo. And they're searching for any remnants with like a UV light search. And Jose's cleaning. Jose seems to be talking about Walt and his problems. He just keeps talking and talking. And Mario's kind of taking some interest in what he's saying. But like, who are you loyal to? And Jose seems to play it sly. But Gus, then they get a message, but Gus is like, I'm not interested in your messages. Uh, he could care less. He acts like he's James Bond for a little while. Uh, then Gus gets a call. And Walt's at work is like a doorbell. And then all of a sudden this door opens. And I was like, what the heck is this? A secret door to a loading dock or something? And it's really a little spurious laundry. So Walt's pissed. Then we see Silva at the audit. Uh, he's all confused. And Ciela rolls in. She's totally glammed and tussled out. And actually charming on top of that. And she shows a lot of delicatage. That was a word I learned last year because of this podcast. Hopefully I'm using it correctly. And she's totally acting... Uh, which is a good thing about Breaking Bad. There's all these different chances when the characters are acting. Uh, and she has all these reasons why the books are the way they are. They're messed up. She just totally tr plays tricks the guy that's doing the audits. And then Ciela and Ernesto, that was Silva's last name, Silva. Uh, they talk. She gives him this long speech. Then we see Jose. He's checking to see how many cigarettes he has left. And then smoking. And we realize he's at Gus's house. And then he puts out his uh, cigarette as he rings the bell. Uh, Buenos noches, Adelante. And Gus cooks. Jose's kind of sitting around the house awkwardly. Jose has this crazy shirt on. He didn't put any details, though. But, like, just not the kind of shirt you'd wear to see your boss, even when you're a mess cook. And they talk about cooking while he's cooking. Then they sit at dinner and they talk. And then Gus says something that totally surprises Jose. But then Jose defends Walt and he's mad. And then he's like, uh, what's your plan, Gustavo? Maybe you just split us up. And then Gus kind of talks back to Jose about something. Jose eats some bread. You know, a lot of self-soothing in this episode. Then we see Cielo, she can't sleep, she's stressed, she's mad and worried, and she goes and gets some of the money from the crawl space. Back at the lab, Jose and Killian are Murphy are weighing math. And Walt rolls by, Killian with a tough look on his face, and he is he double checks. And then Walt leaves work, he swings his keys, he drops them. And it seemed like he was bugging Jose's car. Uh, Walt, uh, have check. Walt, have, Walt, hair. Check messages. Jose's driving. I don't know. I think at some point Walt checks the bug. Walt, have. Walt, hair checks messages and Jose's driving. I don't know, I can't interpret my notes, but basically I think what I meant is that he checks the bug. He was retrieving the bug, not policing it, and then he checks it at home. 
looks at Jose's driving, goes over to Jose's house. Jose's all out of breath talking about something excited about Gus and the cartel. Walt's mad about it. Uh, and he's mad at Jose that Jose's, you know, not all or nothing for Walt. Uh, and he's like, you need to do, you know, I'm your father figure. Get that right, Jose. You know, and then Jose says something about his Oedipus figure, and then Walt gets mad about that. Jose's like, get off my back, you know, you're not my dad. And then Walt's like, no, 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 I won't. I'll always be on your back. And then Jose, oh, then Walt's like, I had you bugged, dude. I know you were eating dinner with Gus last night. How could you do that to me? It's all over. And then Jose's like, we're done. We're finished. And then they go back and forth like that. And Jose's like, I need you to leave. It's over between the two of us. And it's a total breakup, you know. And that's the end of the episode. All right, so we're talking uh, season four, episode nine, Bug, B-U-G. And he starts out with Walt's glasses are in need of repair. He needs to get to a you get glasses, 99 cent store. I don't know what people think of glasses repair kits. Or uh, I wonder if, I bet you Ikea even sells it. But you could get a gas station, you could get it at. Maybe we should get those on the internet. Why not? Who needs to sleep with me pillows or pajamas? Sleep with me eyeglass repair kit for when you're not sleeping. Uh, also, we noticed Walt is still wearing what I call chucka boots. I'm not sure if that's the, uh, they're suede too. I think those are chucka boots. I just love saying chucka boot. And also because, you know, with that one episode, I think it was season one, no, season. It was when he had the lab, so maybe three. Walt chucked his chuckaboo. It still gives me a, a giggle. Uh, if I giggled, you know, I guess I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know if I have the ability to giggle. You know, that's more of like a. It's like a villain sidekick makes that noise, which you know, I have both the villain and the sidekick inside me. It opens with chucka boots. Waltz, oh, then the, there's the open. Then there's another shot of Walt's chucka boots as he gets out of his car at Hank's house. And Hank is all jazzed up. He says, you ready to get your rocks on? And then Marie's a little, she's like, I know you guys aren't going to a mineral show. You're going out to have boys day out. And Hank's hanging around. And Marie's like, you know, please don't bring any geodes back here. We got enough. And they go back and forth. And then they're rolling. Oh, also, Marie was in purple sweater with a purple flowered blouse. Uh, Hank was chewing gum. He's so excited. He's in the car. Walt's nervous and quiet, but Hank's like doing the Rocky theme song. Then he's beatboxing into Eye of the Tiger which was just great acting. And he even messes up the lyrics. He goes, uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger, thrill the fight, rising up to keep him. Uh, oh, wait, I didn't. But he messes it up. I can't remember what he says. I guess I accidentally earwormed you, too. Uh, and then Mike was behind them. I, th- I thought it was Mike, but I put a question mark. And then, oh, yeah, no, it's the other guy. And they roll into Los, Los Polios. Walt goes and gets the bug out of off of uh, Augustus' car. 
What does that say? Did? It looks like I wrote did. Oh, did not go inside. You know, I, I don't use... Uh, Sometimes it gets on people's nerves when I used to write with these other two guys that I didn't use, I inconsistently use contractions. I think that's related to being dyslexic, but I, so I wrote out, did not go, in, go inside. And then there's another scene where they're at Hank's, he's loading the bug into his computer while it's watching. They used Google Earth, which I think it doesn't exist anymore, but that was cool when it did. And I also noticed there's purple orchids at their house. Marie loves purple. And, you know, orchids, everybody loves orchids. And then they load it up, and it's just that uh, they notice uh, Hank's computer says, so this guy goes back and forth to work. And uh, what's the guy's name? Hank. He's really mad. And Walt's like, well, this maybe means he's innocent. And, and, uh, and Hank's like, this is too clean. That means he's definitely dirty. And then Hank's like, huh, I got to figure this out. You know, I got to get a move. I got to figure out my next move. And he's like, what's the play uh, to get this guy? And then Walt says, uh, he says in this real dreamy voice, uh, yeah, how? Uh, or something, I can't do it good enough. Then he drops Hank off, and he sits in the car. Then he sees Gus's guy there. He rolls down his window, and they just stare at each other. And then Walt calls. He says, hey, this guy's just sitting in his car. That's, you know, not allowed. Then Walt goes to work at the laundry. Jesse's outside smoking, picking at his fingers. He does that a lot. Uh, nervous habit, I guess. And Walt pulls up, uh, he's like, hey, we better get started. And Jesse says, I already did. Walt goes, yeah. And then Walt wants a cigarette, you know, so he can talk to Jesse on the down low or something, you know. If you've seen Breaking Bad before, you start to see, now Now this is only my second time rewatching it. And I was just like uh, uh, out there, as they say, you know, I was just still like uh not always clear-headed when I was watching these shows the first time. Sometimes I'd rewatch it, but I still have a lot of drinks in me. So now when I'm clear-headed, I'm like, he pick up on so much more. But Walt tries to get some casual conversation. Like, hey, Jesse, what's up? He's like, you know, it's day in the life. And Walt's like, well, what do you do after work? And Jesse's like, I watch TV. And Walt's like, like, what? And Jesse goes, I don't know. This was a great, this is one of these great little conversations they have. And Jesse's like, uh, ice road truckers. And Walt says, ice road truckers. What happens on that one? I, that, you know, he's a much better actor than me, Brian Cranston, but, and, Je you know, Aaron Paul, he says, guys drive on ice, dude. Uh, but it's also like subtext, like while they're acting, you know, they're not really talking about that. Well, it's like, hey, Jesse, what the heck? I put even put in my notes, oh, the acting subtext city. Uh, it's just it's just a great scene. Again, if you want to act, this is one of the shows, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going to act and have me talk about it in a lulling, soothing way, I guess. If you're into the method, dull school of acting, you should rewatch this about a million times. Uh, it's just so good. Uh, but, they, you know, they both go back and Walt gets all blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, Gasly on Jesse's case. Uh, then we see Skylar. She's at work late. She has orchids. Hers are white and pink, though. And she calls Walt. She says, uh, hey, you know, it's Junior's birthday. You know, he's all uh, angst-ridden or whatever as a kid now. Uh, so she's like, no party, just a family dinner. And she goes, what if we buy him a used car? And Walt's like, yeah, whatever. And then Skylar starts testing some water here. She's like, you know, business is really good. Like, you could just stop working your second job. And Walt's like, really, you were making money? She says, well, we will at some point, a couple months. And she says, you should start thinking about an exit strategy. And Walt says, I'm working on it. Oh, also, that was 8.26 p.m. Let's see, Walt was in bed, clothes, but no shoes on, drinking a beer. Uh, let's see. Then he looks over, hit his car tracker. It was wrapped. And then the next day it's eight in the morning. So he's almost like suffered 12 hours, eight twenty six, and then eight seventeen. Walt wakes up, uh, the container for the bug is now open. So in the last 12 hours, he opened the bug, I guess. And Hank's on phone. He's like, Hey buddy, I had to wake you up. And Walt was like buried under his covers. It was funny. And Walt's like, you know, I get, Hank's like, not Walt, he's like, yeah, I found this base operations, this chicken farm or distribution center. We should go look at it. And Walt's like, I'm a little under the weather. And Hank's like, because Hank's like, I'll buy some beer, so let's go do it. And then he's like, yeah, I got stomachache. And uh, uh, even Hank's like, don't paint me a picture. Probably one guy in a diaper is enough for this trip anyway, he says. And Hank's like, oh, no, sorry, man, I've been asking a lot of you. And then Walt's like, no, no, I'd go with you. Just give me a couple of days, you know, to get over it. And then uh, they're like, oh, okay, okay, bye. And as soon as he, hang, he calls Mike in his cell immediately. Oh, really explosive. That was Walt's stomachache. I'll find another ride. And then Walt rushes cell, calls Mike. Mike's like in a total deadpan voice. He goes, yeah. And I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, what is it, Walter? That's not how Mike sounds, but that's my, you know, I can't do it. Uh, what is it, Walter? Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, but then uh, look around for things. I don't know what that note means. Because uh, Mike hangs up on Walt. So I don't know if Walt's looking around for things. Uh, but then uh, we see Jesse, he's on cleanup with the crew and Mike. Uh, then Skylar's at work. She's got, I got the same Rubbermaid container she has. I don't use the big one, but she had a salad in the big uh, clear plastic uh, Rubbermaid container with the red lids, stackable lids. And she's talking to herself, uh, faking bills. It's getting repetitive already, you know, ringing up fake customers. And then who rolls in but Ted Benneke, or Bernanke, as I used to call him. Graduate cat. Oh, behind, I was just, so they, so ever since Bogdan worked there, they still have the greeting cards. There's a graduate cat and a Monopoly bunny card. Those are my two favorites. The Monopoly bunny even has a monocle, a tuxedo, everything. And Ted plays his usual dumb self. He's like, oh, by the way, hey, Sky, I'm getting audited, but don't worry about it. And Skyler, you know, what do you mean you're getting audited tomorrow? 
And he's like, well, it's real serious, but, you know, don't worry. I'm, you know, poor, he's, he, Ted's a little bit like Eeyore, but without the good parts, at least in my opinion. I don't know when, I I think the moment I met Ted, I started disliking him. I don't know why. I mean, partially jealousy, I guess. He seems handsome. Uh, But he's just kind of, I guess he's a sad sack. When people say, oh, he's a sad sack, I think, uh, so I guess that's it too. You know, a little, uh projection reflection thing uh, but moving on from Ted uh, then we have JC and Mike they're still cleaning up uh, still working and Jesse's talking about Mike's listening and watching him and Jesse's just trying to probe Mike you know obviously for info and, you know, try, he actually is trying to get uh, uh, Walter's back, you know, and support Walt. Uh, but, you know, then Gus acts, you know, then the Gus is there. He's acting all tough. But, you know, it seemed like Jesse was almost warning Mike. Oh, then, uh, then it's the next day they're still cleaning when Gus acts tough. Uh, then Gus is in his office. His phone rings. He doesn't answer for a while. He just sits there and thinks... Uh, and then finally, like at the last second, and after the phone rings again, he answers it, and he says the answer is yes. Uh, then Walt's working. Jesse and Mike come in on the freight elevator, and Walt's full of questions. And he's actually back talking to Mike. Uh, usually, usually, you know, being that, and Mike goes, "I don't want you talking to me or Jesse." And then, well, then my, Jesse and Mike are alone again. Jesse says, hey, Mike, thanks for getting my back. And Mike says, you know, if you have any questions for Gus, just ask him, you know, ask him yourself. And then we have this Skyler, we have the audit uh, going on with uh, Ted. And then Skyler comes in and saves the day. She's kind of like a little bit like this movie, My Cousin Vinny. And it's great acting by Anna Gunn. She's, oh, special. And I want to do too. She said it's a really good scene. You should see it. And then afterwards, she kind of you know kind of saves Ted from doing any time. And then she says, "You got to deal with this, Ted." And he says, "Well, I don't have any money." And she says, "Find some money." He goes, "Well, there's no money to find, Skylar. I'm just a sad sack." Oh, that was what I was saying before. Sad sack, and then I had to give up on. Uh, then we see Jesse. He's managing his cigarettes. He's at Gus's house. He's even smoking right before he goes into his boss's house. He flicks the cigarette to the right of the front door. I thought that was gold. So bold, so gold. And I noticed Gus was doing the super thin garlic slicing. And let's see. Let's see what Gus says. Jesse, I hope you brought your appetite. Do you have any questions? And Jesse's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, let's eat first. And then just like, well, why am I here? You know, what, what's going on? You know, what what are you doing? And Gus like, well, I wanted to sit down and talk. And he goes, I wanted to just discuss man to man. And I'll explain everything, you know, to you. And he goes, well, but do you think you could cook mess as good as Walt? And then Jesse kind of flips. He says, oh, who, you know, you, you got no respect for me. You're trying to play these games. I got Walt's back. He goes, what is your plan? To invite me in your house and make me feel important? And then just have me work for you? 
And he goes, uh, you want to talk like men? Let's talk like men. And Aaron Paul is really shining at this. Uh, like in this one, he's more passive at the dinner, but then at the dinner table, it's just so good. He's like, Aaron Paul's like leaning forward. He's so engaged with Gus. It is just excellent. And then Gus like, no, no, it's not what you think. He goes, I want you to go open a lab in Mexico and, you know, save everybody. He goes, because I think you're a capable person. And then we see Skylar can't sleep. She gets up, she gets some money. And then we see a way into the crystal in front of Jesse, Mike, and the other guy, whose name I forget. And Walt's all quiet, then he leaves, but then he drops his keys and he fetches his bike so he can see where Jesse's been. And we kind of see, and then Jesse's actually leaving uh, Walt a message. She's like, hey, I got to talk. Uh, you want to grab a beer or something? And then Walt shows up at Jesse's and Jesse's like, hey, we're you, glad you're here. You know, they want me to move to Mexico to prevent everything. And open a lab for the cartel. And Jesse's all hyped up and excited. He's like, Gus, he goes, actually, this is going to be a good thing, you know. And he goes, and, and Jesse doesn't say this, but, you know, he's like, I, I have your back. I'm protecting you. And he's like, you know, because Gus doesn't trust you. But he goes, you know, I'll go. So I'll go. You know, down in the middle of nowhere. And he goes, I, I'm worried. You know, what if they have actual chemistry people? And I can't answer their chemistry questions. And, you know, I don't know the metric system or whatever. I don't want to mess this up because I want to protect you and me, Walt. And then he even goes further. He says, maybe you could be like my coach or, or something. And then Walt totally blows it up. He just starts yelling at Jesse about Mike and Gus. And want to know, well, did you talk to Gus or did you heard this? Or were you at Gus's house? And Jesse's like, no. Jesse's like, what are you talking about? And Walt's like, are you sure you weren't at his house last night? And Jesse's like, I knew you were going to be a jerk about this and wouldn't believe me. And Walt's like, well, and Jesse's like, we had a big stew, man. And Walt goes, are you sure you weren't there for two hours and 18 minutes? And Jesse's like, yeah. And then Walt's like, you're a lot. You know, Walt's like totally shaming him. And demeaning him, and then Jesse said, "Wait, did you say two hours and eighteen minutes?" Or Walt says it again, and then and then Jesse picks up on it, and he goes, "What do you?" He goes, and then Walt's like, "I bugged your car," and then the Jesse's like, "It was all I've put." You know, Jesse's like, "I've been sticking my neck out for you, Mister White," and Walt's like, "You, you're just, you know, again." And he goes, "You, you, you can't do anything right," and he goes, "You guys will go down there and screw up like you screw everything up." And Walt says, you know what, get out of here. And or Jesse says, you know what, leave my house, don't come back. And it was a great pass down. Oh, Jesse's all hyped up, acting like a loon. Pass down, Walt said that, nice. Oh, and they had a dance-off. That's when Walt, they had a, they, they didn't play Dance Dance Revolution, they just danced. To Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. And then that was it, that was the end of the episode. Yeah, same thing thinking about my favorite schools of dance. And uh, there's like the Sabrina U School and the Journal R School. Those are both rooted in ballet. 
And then the Air K school, you wear one of those toe shoes, but it's they consider that modern. And then you have Leanne, uh, that's also ribbon based ballet. Uh, the Fred M School is a uh, base, health based ballet. And these are just my favorites, you know. There's plenty of other ones out there. There's the Evan School, but that's the evening only school uh, of ballet. And there's the Greg H. That's outdoor ballet. So those are, those are just my favorites. Then, um, you know, my sister did jazz dance, so I still have a couple of favorites from back in the day. There's the Alicia C. School, which which is a very structured jazz dancing. Then you have the Kimberly P. School, which is more, you know, Im- improvisational uh, jazz style. And then you have these these combinations of older and modern jazz dance. You have the Leslie M. School which is like an Americana jazz. And then you have a Laura P. School, which is like a gospel-based jazz dance. You have the Mary L. School, which which is like slow, they call it slow, slow jazz. They said, well, isn't this smooth? Like I said, dancing, you know, it's different than listening. You have the Moore School. Now, now you see, is that really jazz or is it more of a blues? And I say it's blues jazz dance, okay? Then you have comedic dance, which is Caroline asked us some comedic dance. Her and her husband run a school in England for that. You have the Regina R. School of, uh, the, the, that's a pseudo humor dance. And I mean, that's my kind of thing for sure. You have the Lauren W. School, which is humor dancing for animals. Uh, Roosevelt School, which is a historic comedic dancing. These are just the dances, the types of dancing I love. The Jeff B. School, that was just a dance, so it's not a school of dance. It's a little different. It's a presidential dances for each president. And then these are some dances I've seen on YouTube that I like. That I, you know, they can't be really labeled except by the labels that we give them. Random N, the Random N Dance, that's a good one. Fusion Gaming Dance, they said, okay, that's a, a Paul C. Dance. And I said, is it, I said, isn't there a Paul, famous Paul School of Dancing? But this one's a little different. And then there's a Libby S dance, and that, that one was it moved very fast. And there was a Catherine W ASMR dancing, which was that was different. There was a Daniel C school that that was a Peter Pan esque dancing. I liked that, like Captain Cook. And there was a gaming professor teaching gaming based dancing. There's Brian V's school of rap dance. Uh, there's a Noel P.P. School of Kindness Dancing. A Michael E. School of saying, hey, thanks a lot. And I said, that's a great dance. And then uh, Battle P. Dance of Not Liking My Podcast. I said, okay, everybody has opinion. A Micah Dance on for Micah. A break dancing on for Micah. Don't try that at home. Uh, the J.C. Dance of Royalty, uh, Blue Star Dance, I can't think that it speaks for itself. 
Uh, the baboo dance, and I said, I said, say who? The baboo dance. And then there was the aching bacon dance. I said, that's a good one. That's a definite winner. And there was a, this other school dance was this dance commentary, commentary on the website, dance commentary. Kelly uh, dance is uh, it's called the commentary alley dance, A-L-L-E-Y, social commentary. That was good. And then there was Y dance, and then that was a commentary on inquiry, you know, interest. I said, well, it's interesting stuff. And then there was a freshman survival guide dance for freshmen in college. Again, taught you read. And I said, that is brilliant. And there's a Lisi Catan dance. I said, to teach people settlers, maybe about settlers of Catan. I'm not sure. Oh, a commentary. Of course, I'm distracted. Uh, there's a Brian M. dance uh, based on Willie Y. on YouTube. And then there's this Joy W. dance of joy. And then this Paul V. plane uh, dance. And I said, that is some cool stuff. And then the last round of dance was like a, a bird, bird dances. A lot of bird dancing. Amber H. Uh, this was all, this was, I think this was a, what is it called? Flash Mob Bird Dance. And I saw Amber H, Vanessa L, Charles, Caroline, Christine, Julia J. I just say Julia, so just cut that out. Uh, Julia, uh, Joanne, Monica, Charlie S, Carrie Echo. Reese T. Uh, I I said, you guys got to get, what's his name on the phone from that that dance, the guy, uh, Hunger Time or whatever it's called. Uh, Gungum Time. Uh, Beth T. was there. Sally P. uh, Sarah, uh, representing Canada. Uh, Susan Mary, Lori S., Owen, Alexandra, Cheryl, and Mike, uh, Georgia H., and she was cooking snacks for the dancers. That was, oh, no, no, mixing cocktails for the dancers. Friday was there, Mary Bath, SPK, he was representing uh, Buffalo. Angel was there, Renata, Virgo. Edith, it was a, Rob S. was even dancing. Uh, L to the P, she was meditating and dancing. Geeky Girl was there. It was, it, it was, it, 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 this, is this the greatest flash? And I said, this is more like flash fun than a flash. And then Susan M to the M was there. Uh, Kimberly B. Athena P. Was, uh, and I couldn't believe everyone was dancing together as one. Separately, and Nina J, Brittany L, Kim H. It was, I said, and then Mark. I said, then I saw Mark P. I said, Holy mackerel! Then there was Ben's, Ancient Mommy, Becco, uh, Carl W. Uh, Suze was there. She can't, she said, She said, I didn't want to dance. I said, Now we do. Everybody's so happy. And so I said, Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, Jermaine was there. 
CPC, Ruby, uh, Blanche B. I said, Blanche B, it's so good to see you. Babs, of course, was helping out with everything. Lanai, uh, Lida was there, Stacy, uh, Shane G, Jed from Man Afraid, Nug from Illusionoid. It was it was the best. It was in Lady Zoidberg. She was the one. She did the last uh, spin, and I said, "Whoa." It's the flash mob's been, you know, burned out now. No one can beat that. So thanks, everybody, and good night.